Well, praise God. Thank you, worship team. Appreciate you all so much. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, this will probably be a little, a little different this evening. I don't know. But uh, I just want to share some things with you tonight. I was listening the other day to a, to a minister and uh, some things that he said sparked some things in my heart and um, the Holy Spirit did. And uh, I just began to think about some, uh, the situation that we find ourselves in today here in America and uh, what we've been experiencing the last few months. Um, who would have thought here in, in the middle of July we would still be um, no better off than we were you know, you remember in March it was 15, we'll give, you, give us 15 days to flatten the curve. And here, you know, we're in July and it's still uh, worse now than it was, so they say. And uh, um, so, you know, here's what I've been doing lately. Because uh, I have to keep abreast of some of these things, I think, to, to, uh, to be, uh, uh, you know, on top of it as far as, as ministering the word. But... The other day, I, I was sitting there, and the CBS Evening News came on with Nora O'Donnell. And, I mean, the first words out of their mouth is devastation and destruction and fear and torment and all this. And I just turned it on 24 and watched Happy Days. <laughs> Praise God, I got me some Fonzie. Glory to God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I think maybe if we'd do that a little more often, we'd, we'd be a little better off, don't you? Amen. Amen. I'm not saying, you know, we need to stick our head in the sand like an ostrich and not know what's going on, but um, I, I'm to the place I don't know how much I believe and how much I don't believe. We've been told so many different things. But I want to talk to you tonight on, uh, on the... Coming, the future COVID-19 vaccination and the mark of the beast. The coming COVID-19 vaccine and the mark of the beast. Is that going to be the mark of the beast? Well, I don't know that we can say for sure, but I just want us to look tonight at the Word of God and we will... We'll, we'll, we'll come away from here tonight, as I said this morning, to try to, uh, to connect a few prophetic dots uh, this evening and look at the Word of God and see what the Word of God has to say. First of all, I want you to open tonight in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, to chapter 8, Isaiah chapter 8, and um, I'm going to read a little bit here to kindly start us off tonight. And um, then we'll be going to some other places. So we'll be going to the book of Revelation uh, in a little bit, to Revelation 13 and, and some other places. So, but we want to start this evening with um, Isaiah chapter 8 and uh, verse number 11. Let's pray and uh, before we get started and ask God's blessing upon this message tonight. Father, uh, I do thank you tonight for the opportunity to stand before your people. And I don't take this uh, lightly tonight, Lord. My prayer is that you will anoint my lips and that you will help me to say everything that I need to say and to say it correctly. And Lord, that I would be able by your help tonight to, to, to just encourage your people in the midst of all that is going on. We don't have to be afraid. And I just pray for your help tonight and open up our ears and our hearts to hear and to understand your word in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it. Amen and amen. In uh, Isaiah chapter number 8, verse number 11, it says this, and I'm reading this from the, King James, uh, the New King James, and I'm going to read a couple of verses. I'm going to read these two verses again to you from the New Living Translation. But the New King James says, For, for the Lord spoke thus to me with a strong hand, 
and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people, saying, Do not say a conspiracy concerning all that this people call a conspiracy, nor be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. The Lord of hosts, him you shall hallow. Let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. It says it this way in the New Living. It says, the Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. He said, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do and don't live in dread of what frightens them. There is a difference between those who are saved and those who are not saved. Make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. He is the one you should fear. He is the one you should fear. He is the one who should make you tremble. Amen. God himself. So in this passage, you know, and I, I just want to begin by saying, you know, the world right now is eagerly, eagerly awaiting and hoping for a vaccine, a covid 19 vaccination that's going to solve everything and uh, get us back to normal. You know, they keep talking about uh, the new normal. And unless there's a vaccine, they say, that masks and social distancing and, and um, no large gatherings and all of these things are going to be the new normal. And, you know, I don't like that term myself because it's an oxymoron. Because if it's new, it's not normal. If it's normal, it's not new. But when this vaccine comes, this vaccine is going to solve everything. And, um, you know, we are, I think everyone would agree with me tonight that we're living in the last of the last days. And I know I say that a lot, but... Uh, I, I want us to be very aware of that. But when it comes to this COVID-19 vaccine that's coming up and the way that it's being presented and, and, and going to be presented and pushed, the, the question arises, and I, I think that uh, people have thought this and maybe even said this, and, and this was what sparked me the other day when I heard this, could the coming COVID-19 vaccine become the mark of the beast that is foretold in Revelation chapter 13. Now, I didn't say that, I didn't say, now, please listen to me. I'm going to try to be slow tonight, but I didn't say that would this or could this coming COVID-19 vaccine be the mark of the beast. I said, could it become the mark of the beast that is mentioned in Revelation chapter 13? Because, um, you know, I believe that we are really, really, really close to the rising of the man of sin. Um, someone asked here not too long ago, someone asked, do you believe that the Antichrist, the man of sin, is alive on the earth today? Well, we have no way of knowing, but I, I would say yes. I believe that very, he very likely is. And he's just waiting for that opportunity that he can step into the limelight and step on the stage. I really do believe that we're that close. We are so close. We are in the end times. And right now we see things uh, progressing so rapidly. Over the last four months, you just wouldn't, you know, when at Christmas time, we would have never dreamed that we would, we would be where we are today or be seeing what we're seeing today. Everything has just transpired so quickly, so rapidly. And so we are close, I believe, to the, the rise of a man of sin and to a, uh, close to a one world government and a one world religious system that will come, uh, you know, that will come into to play um, uh, during the tribulation period and during the reign of the Antichrist. And so in Isaiah there, the scripture that I read to you from Isaiah, um, they were told by Isaiah, the people were told by Isaiah not to fear what their enemies were conspiring to do. He talked about a conspiracy. 
And uh, he said for them not to be afraid or not to fear what their enemies were conspiring to do. Because, well, in verse 10 there, the Lord had promised that he would be with his people. But many, many that were there in, in Israel and that were, there were, that were there in Judah refused to believe that God would keep his promise. That he would be with them. And uh, the Lord warned Isaiah here, and he had a strong hand upon him to give a strong warning not to be like many of those people. And he said, um, Isaiah here emphasized that the people of Judah should not be afraid of the Assyrian threat that was coming. Now, the threat was that the Assyrian armies were, were coming at that time, and and, uh, and he was giving them a, a, a word from the Lord that if they were going to be afraid of anything, they needed to fear the Lord. Don't fear the conspiracies and what was people were conspiring to do and what they were saying was going to happen. But instead of fearing evil conspiracies and threats, they were to fear the Lord. And I believe that goes for you and I tonight as well. Our fear is to be a fear of God. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we're to fear the Lord. That's a different kind of fear, but a reverence and a fear of the Lord. And he said, if anything's gonna make you afraid, it needs to be the Lord. It needs, he's the one you should fear and he's the one that should make you tremble. If there's anything we need to be fearful of, in the day we're living is that we need to be uh, fearful of making sure that we are pleasing the Lord and where, we're need, where we need to be and we're, that we're rapture ready. Come on. That's the thing we need to be concerned about more than anything. But that word there that he uses, conspiracy, the word conspiracy, we hear that a lot. And... Uh, um, about different conspiracy theories and things. And, uh, but, but that word, the meaning of that word, the Hebrew, in the Hebrew text, that word conspiracy has the idea of a plan, a plot, or an agenda by a group of people to do something evil, unlawful, and harmful by conspiring and allying together. So that's what that word conspiracy, it's a plot or a plan to do evil, to do something evil. Now, how many knows that the enemy is always conspiring and using evil people and evil men and women today to conspire to do evil in this world? The world is full of them. But I do believe that it's a fact tonight and as I said, there are a lot of consp uh, conspiracy theories that are there out there today, but I do believe that the fact is that there is an evil plan, there is an agenda, there is a conspiracy to vaccinate every human being on the face of this earth against the COVID-19 virus. There will be those when this when this vaccine becomes available, who will voluntarily take it so that they can return back to their lives and they can return back to their jobs or they can return back to school. And, um, you know, it will be up to them whether they want to take the vaccine or not. But I believe that will be the way that it begins and the way that it starts, but eventually it will become something that will be mandatory and will be required by everybody to receive the vaccine. I really believe that's true. And if we think that can't happen, and I know some people would say, well, no, Brother Rick, I don't believe that's possible. They can't make that mandatory. They can't make everybody follow that rule. But I want to just give you two words tonight. If you think that can't happen, think Masks. I, I, you know, we got some folks wearing masks tonight, and, and, and I said, that's fine. I'm all for, you know, what, what people need to do to feel safe and to protect themselves and others. I, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. But, 
you know, it began as being voluntary, didn't it? But now there are, you know, there are several states now that wearing a mask out when you're outside or, you know, in the store, whatever, it's become mandatory. It's, 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 you know, it's, You have to wear them. It's mandatory. And if you would have asked me that four months ago or if you would have said, you know, do you think that uh, that it'll ever become where it's mandatory to wear a mask in the United States of America before you can go anywhere? I I would have never thought that they would ever mandate that. But now, as I said, many states have mandated it, making it mandatory. And there are even many businesses where it's mandatory as well. I know when Vicki and I go to her kidney doctor up there. You know, when we go in, they take our temperature. We have to wear a mask when we get go into the building. They take our temperature. And all of this is to protect us and protect them. I get that. I understand that. Uh, now, beginning tomorrow, Walmart's uh, requiring mandatory wearing of masks. Schnooks is requiring a mandatory wearing of masks. And I'm not preaching against wearing masks or, or talking about that. I'm not opposed to that on a voluntary basis, but I, I, I do get concerned when they begin to mandate things and they begin to force people to do things against their uh, voluntary will. Are, are you following what I'm saying? And I know they say, well, it's for your protection and it's for the protection of everybody else. It's for your own protection. But, but here's, here's where this is going, see. Here's where this ends up. It's, it, today, it's a mask, but it's to prepare everyone. It's to prepare everyone and acclimate everyone to tomorrow when it will be a mark. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit of, that's the way the enemy works. That's the way conspiracies and evil agendas work is they get you going a little at a time. Well, get, we, if we can get them to accept this, this, this. Uh, but Brother Rick, they'll never, ever be able to force us to take a vaccination. Now, hang with me here, okay? Um, I, 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 here's an article from May the 26th this year, just a couple of months ago, from Newsweek online. And uh, can the government, the title of the article is, Can the Government Force You to Get a Coronavirus Vaccine? And here's what it says. State and federal governments can't force people to receive a new coronavirus vaccine against their will, experts said. But, oh, oh, okay, there's more. But lawmakers may be able to create a mandate that imposes consequences for not being vaccinated. See, that bothers me. I don't know if it does you or not, but it does me. Vaccine research for a new coronavirus is for a new coronavirus is moving forward at an unprecedented rate, and experts champion high rates of immunity in a population uh, as a solution to stopping a virus from spreading. But a recent Reuters poll found that about a quarter of the American public is not interested in a vaccine for SARS-CoV-2. And the federal government may have a tough time creating a requirement that people be inoculated. It's possible Congress could have the power to mandate a vaccine under the Commerce Clause since the virus travels across state borders. Constitutional law experts told Newsweek, the question is whether that power actually includes the power to require vaccines. And Steve Wilker, a partner in the law firm from Tompkin Torp, told Newsweek that would, be, would likely be a reach. If the federal government did want to pursue mandating vaccines, the more realistic scenario is to tie to it or tie it to federal funding or tax individuals who refuse to vaccinate. 
The Supreme Court upheld the individual mandate in the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, signaling to Wilker the tax may be permissible. In either case, that does not mean an individual could be vaccinated against their will if they were willing to suffer the consequences of not doing so. See, that, does that bother anybody but me? Or does that just bother me? In the case of new coronavirus vaccination, tribe said disputing the mandate on a religious basis would be difficult because the danger to public health is likely to trump any claim to special treatment. An argument that the mandate violated the 14th Amendment would have a slightly better chance against a federal mandate than a state mandate, but Tribe said he wasn't confident a person would be successful in either instance. Either way, I think the odds are if we came to the point politically where the federal government began mandating that people be vaccinated against COVID-19, it's almost certain there'd be some appropriate federal statute or regulation that would back it up. It's not enough to have a mandate, experts said, and officials need, to, officials need a way to enforce it. States, including states, exclude children from school if they are not vaccinated, and there's no mechanism in place to enforce a mandate with adults. One option that would appear consistent with restrictions on students, Wilker said, was to impose limitations on adults, but he added they might be much harder to enforce. Amen. An article, I'm just going to read a couple of lines from this from the AMA, how to ready patients or how ready patients now so they'll get a COVID-19 vaccine later. The healthcare, well, let me start here. Once a a winning COVID-19 vaccine emerges from the dozens in development, the only way it will truly be successful is if enough people get the vaccine to create herd immunity. The healthcare system must deliver the vaccine to the public as soon as soon as rigorous testing is completed and the um, efficacy and safety are established. Patients at the highest risk for complications and disease transmission to others must get the vaccine first if the initial supply doesn't meet demand, the authors wrote. However... First, it is imperative today to start combating vaccine hesitancy. Hesitancy concerns about vaccine safety, choice, and the very need for the vaccine. The authors caution that vaccine hesitancy may be a major barrier to people getting the vaccine and creating immunity. Now, I just read those to kind of set a little stage here because, as I said, this is one of several reasons. Um, and, and as I said, you know, to, to pr- they're, they're trying to prepare everyone to fall in line and get this vaccine and make it mandatory, and that's what will eventually happen, mandatory for everyone, and that's one of several reasons that I personally feel that the yet future, this COVID-19 vaccine will ultimately become the mark of the beast as prophesied in Revelation chapter 13. Now, I want us to look at this in Revelation chapter 13, verses 15 through 18. And um, some of us are familiar with these passages concerning the mark of the beast, what the Bible teaches and talks about the mark of the beast. And in Revelation 13, verse 15, he says this, speaking of the Antichrist, that he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast and the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Now look at verse 16, and he causes all, notice this, he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, 
to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell consequences, that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast versus the number of man. His number is 666. Notice that he causes all to receive a mark and if those that don't receive it, they face consequences of not being able to buy or sell. But that's not the end of it. In Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 4, it says this, John said, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was committed to them. And then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God and had not worshipped the beast nor his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or in their hands and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. These will be those tribulation saints that will get saved during the tribulation period and refuse to worship the beast and refuse to receive the mark. And the scripture says in chapter 13 that the consequence will be they won't be allowed in Walmart. Well, they can't buy or sell unless they have it, correct? In other words, it's mandatory. In other words, we may not be able to force you to take it, but... But if you don't take it, you can't go to Walmart or Snooks or buy your groceries or put gas in your car or do anything else until you take it. Are, are you following where I'm coming from? I mean, this is, this is, see, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying, please hear me, I'm not saying that when the vaccine is made available that that's the mark. I'm not saying, we'll get to that in a minute. But what I am saying is that the, the, the people in this world are being conditioned right now for that very thing with these mandates and, and, and all of this. We're being conditioned for it right now. And then it goes even farther that, that it comes to the place that those who absolutely refuse it will have to pay, for, pay with their lives. They'll have to be executed. Amen? Now, how could this, if we want to try to connect some of these dots, and that's what I want to try to do. I want to try to make some sense out of this. And how could then this COVID vaccine fit in with all of this of what we've talked about? And uh, first of all, because I believe that, you know, receiving the mark of the beast when that does come, that it will be in unison with a vow and with a pledge of one's allegiance to the beast to worship the beast. It won't just be getting a vaccine or whatever that, you know, that mark is or however it's administered. I believe very well that could be, possibly will be the way it's administered. We'll look at that here in a moment. But it'll not be just that, but when that's received, it will be a vow and a pledge of allegiance and worship to that Antichrist who will set himself up as God, as Paul talked about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And so receiving that mark will be a pledge, that person then, that individual will pledge their allegiance and worship to the beast. That will be the one world religious system that will come in during that particular time, the tribulation period. But receiving the mark will also mean that who, those who do, who do take it and uh, who do worship the beast will only then, after they've taken it, will only then be able to work or buy or sell. So then the also the receiving of the mark then would mean uh, eventually uh, the, it would mean the eternal loss of the soul. Now there's for those in the tribulation period that take the mark of the beast during that time and worship the beast, there is no forgiveness. Now John MacArthur says you can take, if you miss the rapture, you can take the mark of the beast and then repent and, and get forgiven. That is not what the Bible says. That's wrong. 
Now, here's what I want to mention to you. I want to get, I want to, get to this point because the Antichrist, the man of sin, has not yet been revealed. Somebody emailed me some years ago, a few years back, when Barack Obama was president, wanted to know if he was the Antichrist. I said, no, no, no. There's, there's been videos. There's been there's been videos on YouTube that said Donald Trump was the Antichrist. There's you know every president's been the Antichrist. Henry Kissinger was the Antichrist. I mean you know everybody's the Antichrist, but the Antichrist has not yet been revealed. So those who receive a vaccine now, when it becomes available, now. Those who do receive a vaccine are not and cannot be worshiping the beast because there is no beast to worship yet because he's not been revealed yet. Are you, are you with me? Amen? So I'm not saying that if you, if they come out with a, with a uh, COVID-19 vaccination by the end of the year and the church is still here and the Antichrist is not operating, that if you take that, you've... you've Took the mark of the beast. I'm not saying that. Are you, are you, am I clear? Because there's no beast to worship yet. Now, I don't have any plans. And everybody, see, this is what everybody's going to have to do is to work this out, you know, yourself with, between you and the Lord and prayer and seeking the Lord. I don't have any plans to take the COVID-19 vaccine. And according to what I read, there's uh, quite a few people that have said the very same thing, that they're not going to. Now, I know, you know, when, when, you, when you refuse that, you're going to be ostracized, you know, just like we are now. I mean, you know, you're going to be ostracized. You don't love people. You don't care about anybody. And it's just amazing to me that none, that, that, that the, the, the protesters and the robbers and the looters weren't ostracized for what they were doing. It was all good and fine and dandy. But to come to church and worship God is a problem. I, I, can you see? You, I think we can see where this is going. Amen. But, but I, you know, I'm not standing up here boasting or bragging I, I you know I've never I've never taken a flu vaccine and um, you know God's been good to me and I don't condemn anybody that does take them and I'm not planning on taking the the COVID vaccine either but for all those who must take that when it comes out and there will be mandates uh, you know for people's jobs especially those in healthcare. I'm sure that work in healthcare will have to take that vaccine to be able to return to work and that is your personal choice. I'm not going to tell you that you should or you should not. Everybody has to research it, to pray, to be led by the Holy Spirit in the decision that they make about that. That's what I do believe. But I do believe this also, that for any person, any child of God, any born-again believer who does make the decision and it's their conviction to refuse that uh, vaccine and not to take it, um, I do believe that even with the threat of losing their job or their livelihood that God will provide for that individual and he'll make a way for them because he is our shepherd, amen. He'll take care of us. So, you know, there's something very interesting and I want to talk a little bit. I'm not by no means an expert on this and there may be some here in, in, in this service that are, but, um, but there's something very interesting that I found out in, in my research this week, in my study this week, and that is how that the COVID-19 vaccine could, could be able to alter your DNA. Now, if you, and you can find this, they're not trying to hide anything, but, uh, you know, Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation is very heavily involved in the producing of these vaccines. And uh, he's really pushing for it, and he's one of them um, that's pushing for um, everybody on the planet to be vaccinated. But if you can, you can go to the website, it's Gates Notes, and uh, on that website, here's something that I found very interesting that he said. There's a little video on there that you can watch of Bill Gates as he's explaining 
explaining how, how they do vaccines and how they'll take a, a, he's got a coronavirus there and how they'll take it and they'll take part of it out, mutate it a little bit or whatever they do and, and inject it into a person. And, and um, the traditional way of making vaccines. But then he says this. Let me, let me just read to you what he says. He says, inactivated and live, and I'm quoting from him, inactivated and live vaccines are what we consider traditional approaches. There are a number of COVID-19 vaccine candidates of both types and for good reason. They're well established. We know how to test and manufacture them. But the downside is that they're time consuming to make. There's a ton of material in each dose of a vaccine, and most of that material is biological. And by the way, uh, you know, uh, tissue from aborted fetuses are used also in these vaccines. Um, but there's a, t a ton of material uh, in, in each dose of vaccine, and most of that material is biological, which means you have to grow it, and that takes time, unfortunately. Now listen to what he says, and I'm still quoting from, from Bill Gates. He says, that is why I'm particularly excited about two new approaches that, that some of the candidates are taking, RNA and DNA vaccines. If one of these new approaches pans out, we'll likely be able to get vaccines out to the whole world much faster. With RNA and DNA, rather than injecting a pathogen's antigen into your body, you instead give the body the genetic code needed to produce that antigen itself. Quote, you put instructions into the code to make the shape of the virus. Speaking of, and he's speaking of the human DNA code. You change and alter the human DNA code in that individual to take the shape of the virus and when the antigens appear on the outside of your cells, your immune system attacks them and learns how to defeat future intruders in the process. You essentially turn your body into its own vaccine manufacturing unit. And that's the end of the quote. Now, Putting instructions into the human DNA and telling it what to do is altering that person's DNA. Let me quote to you. I hope I'm not boring you because I told you this would be a little different. I'm going to quote to you from uh, John Rappaport. He's a contributing writer with Children's Health Defense and uh, this was on the Children's Health Defense website. He says this, here is the inconvenient truth about DNA vaccines. They will permanently alter your DNA. This is genetic roulette with a loaded gun. Anyone and everyone on earth injected with a DNA vaccine will undergo permanent and unknown genetic changes they're playing with dynamite they're trying to change they're trying to play God is what they're trying to do to really be frank with you to be blunt with you they're trying to play God there's so much folks I'm not smart enough to get into all this but there's so much that that ties into this Changing the DNA, you know, one guy wrote a book, they, there's some that believe there's a God gene, that people have a God gene that, that makes them more or less susceptible to spiritual things. And uh, I, don't, we, you know, I don't know that that's been proven that that's so, but, but, but here's the thing. If you could change someone's DNA to make them different than what they are, could that possibly be how that when these folks receive the mark of the beast that they suddenly become susceptible to worship the beast and to receive, you know, to, to make him their God and to worship him and to vow their allegiance to him? I don't know. There's so much going on today and you hear talk of this. You know, it's, it's like, it's like a, a sci-fi movie. 
It's, it really is. It's like a sci-fi movie. There's, there's talk, and I, I did just a, a little bit this afternoon of looking into, because how this would tie into transhumanism. Just, you know, what is transhumanism? I don't know all about it, but it's, but it's somehow where they can, they're, they're working on how to genetically change the DNA just like this to make your cells a, 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 you know, immune to everything where you would be. I, I thought about like the $6 million man. We can make him bigger and stronger and faster. And let me tell you something. The, the, the devil has always been involved in trying to change what God has created and that happened in the sixth chapter of Genesis when the angels left their first estate and came down and cohabited with women and produced a race of giants that God had to destroy with a flood their DNA was altered are you hearing what I'm saying I said the, what's going on is demonic and it's messing with God and it is not right and we need to wake up They're treading on ground that's very dangerous. Now, will Christians be put in the position to accept the mark of the beast? I say absolutely not. And here's why. Because the church has to be raptured prior to the seven-year tribulation when these prophecies are fulfilled. That is not to say that the rapture has to happen before the COVID-19 vaccine is available, but that is to say that we will not be forced to take, uh, to take it and pledge allegiance to and worship the beast. We won't be forced to take it as a mark. We can be sure of that because of God's sure true word of a pre-tribulation rapture of the church. Praise God. Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. And, but, but see, here's the thing. When you see what I've tried uh, kind of awkwardly tonight to, to, to share with you, it just what, it, what does it show us? What does it show you? What do you get out of this? Can you see how the progression is moving forward and it's fast-forwarding and the sand in the hourglass is running through faster and faster because there's less sand to run through and we're at the end, ladies and gentlemen, and everything right now is being set up and put in place so that when that man of sin is revealed, all he has to do is step in and enforce what has already been set in place. It's coming to that very, very quickly. Very quickly. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And here's... There's, there's a lot of reasons why we believe in and preach and teach a pre-tribulation rapture of the church. And, you know, some people, uh, one guy said this. He said, well, I'm not pre-trib. And he said, I'm not post-trib. He said, I'm pan-trib. The guy asked him, said, what's pan-trib? He said, well, I just believe everything's going to pan out. Well, praise the Lord. I just believe it's all going to pan, pan out. Well, does it matter what you believe? It's not a matter, you know, whether you, whether you or I believe in a pre-trib rapture, mid-trib rapture, post-trib rapture, whatever. Um, we, need to, we do need to believe in a rapture. We definitely need to believe in a rapture. Jesus is coming back to rapture his church. But, um, but, but, but there is a difference. It's not a matter of salvation, but it is a matter of sanctification. Because the hope of Jesus coming, you know, John said in, in 1 John chapter 3 that he that has this hope of the coming of the Lord will purify himself even as he is pure. So the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, if you keep your mind on the fact and keep looking to the eastern sky expecting Jesus to come back, well, you know, it's going it, to, that hope will purify you. It'll make you want to live right and do right. 
You know, when you, look, when you look at the empty seats on Sunday morning or Sunday night in the church service, there's a lot of people not looking for Jesus. I said there's a lot of people not looking for Jesus. And I, and I know people go on vacations and all that. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about folks that just don't want to be in church. They're not looking for Jesus. But look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 1 through 8. I think we, we know this, but I just want to share with you because I'm talking about, about this, you know, we've introduced this, how this can come to pass. But in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul talks about the pre-trib rapture there in that, in that second chapter. And, uh, and uh, I, I won't take a whole lot of time in this, but verse number three, of course, verse number one, he's talking about uh, the coming of our Lord and our gathering together to him. That's the rapture of the church. And then he said in verse three, don't let, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. That's talking about the Antichrist, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God and that is worshiped. This will take place in the middle part of the tribulation when he goes and sets up his throne in the temple at Jerusalem, the rebuilt temple that will be rebuilt, and declares himself to be God and de demands worship. That's when the mark and all that will be instituted. And so, so that he sets as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember when I was still with you, I told you these things? And that was talking about his first epistle that he wrote to them. And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with, his breath, with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. But notice in those verses that Paul, and I don't have time to talk about everything he said there, but Paul talked about the restrainer of lawlessness. He talked about the one that is restraining, uh, that is holding back the appearing, the coming of the Antichrist. And this restrainer, this uh, one that's holding back the... Um, the, the, the spirit of lawlessness. We've talked about this before, and um, I believe that this restrainer is at the Holy Spirit indwelt church, that the church indwelt by the Holy Spirit is the force that's in the earth today that is the Holy Spirit in his church that's restraining, that's restraining that... Um, that spirit of lawlessness and keeping the Antichrist from being revealed. And Paul said here that, um, that when that restraint is lifted and removed, that uh, then that lawless one will be revealed. Notice it says, he who now restrains will do so till he be taken out of the way. And I believe he uses the personal pronoun he, referring to the Holy Spirit indwelling his church. That the Holy Spirit is the, is, is the force within the church right now, the body of Christ holding back the spirit of lawlessness but he's going to be taken out of the way now I've heard some people say that during the tribulation the Holy Spirit won't be on the earth the Holy Spirit is omnipresent the Holy Spirit will always be on the earth but after the rapture of the church when the rapture takes place and God God takes the Holy Spirit out of the way. The church will depart and the Holy Spirit will not be removed from the earth, but he will be taken out of the way as a restrainer of lawlessness. And he will go back, the Holy Spirit will go back to his operation and function as he functioned under the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant. And uh, because the church won't be here, there's going to be a departure, ladies and gentlemen. He said there in verse three, that that day, the coming day of the Lord, the revealing of the Antichrist will not come in, uh, uh, unless the 
falling away comes first. That word falling away, that term falling away, it's apostasia. We've preached it as um, being a great falling away from the faith, a great falling away. And it's used that way in the scripture many times. But it's also used, the word apostasia in other places is also used and translated as or means a departure. And I, I like the way Kenneth Wiest, he's a Greek scholar, and he's with the Lord now, but Kenneth Wiest, in his expanded translation, translating this from the Greek, says it this way in 2 Thessalonians 2.3, because that day shall not come except the aforementioned departure of the church uh, to heaven comes first. There's gonna be a departure of the church, and that departure of the church, we're on the threshold of that departure. The spirit of lawlessness is at the door. Lawlessness is, a, is running amok in our nation and our streets and that restrainer is getting ready to be removed. Everything that we see falling in place is coming into focus so we know that the coming of the Lord is so near. He's coming to get his church. Come on somebody. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. I've got to quit. I got, I'm going to go to 730s, all right, and then I'll quit. I don't know if my clock's right or not. We'll go by this one. It's a minute slower. <laughs> but when the church is taken out of the way, when the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way, then the lawless, lawless one will be revealed. Where are we at in Bible prophecy, someone says. Well, we're, I'll tell you where we're at. We're in Revelation chapter 3. It's where we are right now. We're in Revelation chapter 3, and we're, we're in, you know, there's two churches, the last two churches in Revelation. The church at Philadelphia is referred to as the faithful church. The church of Laodicea is the lukewarm church. And I believe that these two churches, these are the two churches that are, that are in the world right now in these last days. There's the faithful remnant church, and there's the, uh, there's the apostate lukewarm church. And uh, we don't have time to get into that, but in, in Revelation chapter 3, that lukewarm church is that church that is, uh, they're, they're, they're not hot, they're not cold, they say they're rich, they're increased with goods and all these things. And Jesus said they're, they're, they're naked and they're miserable and they're wretched and they're blind. But um, uh, right at, the, you know, that's where we're at. And in Revelation chapter 4 in verse 1, that is the rapture of the church. Revelation 4.1, after these things, I looked, John said, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, come up here, come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. So we're, if we're in Revelation 3, in this last church age, the lukewarm Laodicean rich church that's poor spiritually, if we're there, then right here, we're right on the verge. We're at the place and the threshold for the coming of the Lord and the rapture of the church. Amen? And the actual mark of the beast the, the, will take place after the church is gone. Now, let me close out with this, and I'll try to hurry. How and when this vaccine, will, how will it transition to the actual mark of the beast? How could a vaccine be the mark of the beast? And then and, and that's a question that people will, will ask. Ask, you know, well, how could that be possible? Well, here's, here's, here's something else that Bill Gates is involved in that's really interesting, and it's called quantum dot tattoo technology. Anybody ever hear that? Quantum dot tattoo technology. And everybody likes tattoos except me. Amen. But uh, I don't have any. <laughs> But Bill Gates announced on March the 18th, 2020, that he's working on a new invisible quantum dot tattoo. It's an implant that will track 
who has been tested for COVID-19 and who has been vaccinated against it. Well, we hear a lot about contact tracing too today, don't we? I think that's the reason for this cashless thing today too. You know, because cash can't be traced. But your debit card and all this, you know, they track every, listen, they're probably wondering about me right now when they track what I've been Googling this week. <laughs> they track everything. They do. And, um, but the quantum dot tattoo involves, now listen to this, it involves applying dissolvable sugar-based microneedles that contain a vaccine and fluorescent copper-based quantum dots embedded inside biocompatible micron-scale capsules. That's a mouthful. After the micro-needles dissolve under the skin, they leave the encapsulated quantum dots kind of as a barcode is what they showed. Those quantum dots whose patterns can be read to identify the vaccine that has been administered. Today, there's places that you go to. When I take Vicki to the doctor in St. Louis, we put our mask on and we go up the elevator and we turn the corner and right there we're stopped. We have to answer some questions, and they take a thermometer and point it at your forehead. Blink. I'm always in the 97s. I'm cool. <laughs> Amen. But before you're allowed in access, and when we go down to visit Heidi and them, they take our temperature, scan us, amen? And so if you refuse, if we would say, no, you're not taking my temperature, well, you're just denied access or entrance and you can't access that services. And this technology already exists, but the transition to becoming the mark will take place in the mid-tribulation time. You can read Daniel 9, 27, 2 Thessalonians 2, 4, Revelations 13, 15 through 18, which we just read, Matthew 24, 15 through 25, Jesus talks about the great tribulation that will be worse than any that's come up on the face of the earth. Now, we are solid in that doctrine of the pre-trib rapture. And if it were not for that, uh, that is our comfort. That's what the Bible says. That's our comfort. He said, comfort one another with these words. It's the blessed hope of the church that when we see all these things coming upon the earth, Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled, but look up. Look up, because your redemption's drawing nigh. He's getting ready to come back for us. Amen? And let, let me hurry, let me hurry. To refuse the mark, to worship the Antichrist, you will have faced the threat of being beheaded. Those who miss the rapture will have to make that decision. That's why we want to be ready. We need to be praying for our families to get ready because they don't want to have to go through this. Amen. The main reason for the possibility of the vaccine becoming the mark is because it is both medical and pharmaceutical. And in Revelation chapter 9, there's an interesting verse here in the tribulation period, Revelation 9, 20, says, but the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent, notice this, of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual, sexual immorality, or their thefts. Now that word sorceries is the Greek word pharmakia. And it's the word that we get our word pharmacy or pharmaceutical. So he said they repented not during this time of the tribulation period of their murders, of their sorceries, of what they were doing with pharmaceutical. Revelation 16.2, we'll close. I got more notes, but I got I to quit. 
The first, and so the first went and poured, Revelation 16, to poured out his bowl upon the earth, and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast. Notice this. This connects the mark of the beast to a pharmaceutical type of vaccine, very possibly, that those who would take it would have a physical reaction to it. Notice that. Those who took the mark had a loathsome sore. And those who refuse it would be put to death by beheading. So Revelation describes something medical and pharmaceutical, something that all will be required to take. And those who refuse it during the tribulation period will be beheaded. Now let me, let me share something with you and then we'll let you go home, okay? I found this very interesting. I, I, I heard about this this week, so I, I went to the website and checked it out. It's the current medical billing codes, medical billing codes that were just updated on October the 1st, 2019. They were updated. And um, let, me, let me read what, 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 what it said here about these codes. The 2020 edition of the ICD-10 CMX 99.9. That's kind of interesting. 99.9. Became effective on October 1st, 2019. This is the American ICD-10. Dash 10 dash CM version of the X99.9. Other international versions of ICD 10, X99.9 may differ. ICD 10 CM coding rules, X99.9, describe the circumstances causing an injury, not to the nature of the injury. External cause index entries contain back references to X. 99.9, assault, homicidal. These are billing codes, okay? Medical billing codes. Assault, homicidal, by or in Y09, cutting or piercing instrument, X99.9. This is interesting. This is in the billing code. Beheading by guillotine. Homicide, X99.9, decapitation, accidental circumstances, X58, homicide, X99.9, this is under beheading by guillotine, or the last one, legal execution. Ladies and gentlemen, I know we think, well, none of this can happen. It's going to happen just like the Bible predicted and said that it's going to happen. Amen. As I said, it's like watching a, it's like reading a sci-fi movie. So this should be an indication of how close that we actually are to the rapture in the following tribulation. And whether this is it or not, whether this is it or not, I know some might say, ah. This is not it, but I'm going to tell you what. Whether it is or not, we need to be ready. I, I, I wouldn't want to wake up some morning, you know, and find that millions have disappeared and I was left behind. Amen? I don't know. You know, is this, is this it? I really do believe, not that the COVID-19 vaccine, when it comes out, will be the mark, but I do believe that's the technology and what they're, what they're working toward to bring it to that point and to bring it to that place where it will be forced when the Antichrist comes in and the rapture takes place and the church is gone and all, excuse, all hell is broke loose on this earth. This is the way that it's going to be. So we need to make sure that we're where we need to be with Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Worship team, come back and close us out with a song tonight. Praise God. Now, I didn't, I didn't bring all this up tonight to, to scare or frighten anybody. However, 
Anyone that's not ready to meet the Lord in the rapture needs to be scared or frightened. But for those who know the Lord Jesus Christ, um, Isaiah, the scripture that we began with, he said, just fear the Lord. Just fear the Lord and follow after the Lord. Amen. But we're here. We're there. We're right there. That man of sin is, is probably on the earth today. He's going to be revealed as soon as the church is gone. He's going to come in with peace. He's going to come in when that first seal is loosed in Revelation chapter 6, comes in on a white horse, conquering and to conquer. He comes in with peace, but it isn't long. It isn't long. He'll, he'll, he'll be the one that will bring peace to the Middle East and sign that, that, that seven-year peace treaty. And soon as he signs that with, with Israel, with the Arabs there, and brings peace, the Jewish people will think this is their Messiah. They will accept him as their Messiah. He will rebuild their temple for them, reinstitute the sacrificial worship time. But in the middle of that week, in the middle of Daniel's 70th week, at that three and a half year mark, he will then show his true colors. He will bring an attack against Jerusalem. He will stop the sacrifices, the daily oblations. He will, he will go into that temple and then set himself up as God. A man totally demon-possessed, seeking the annihilation of the Jewish race to be worshipped by all that are in this earth, on this earth. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what's going to happen to America, but I can tell you this, that in the coming tribulation, in the coming future, when you study Bible prophecy, there's no mention of this nation anywhere whatsoever. We are not a superpower in that tribulation. The Antichrist is the superpower, and we are not there at all. So something catastrophic is going to happen to America. I don't know when, but it's going to happen. We will, we will pay for the sin um, that we've committed over these decades and centuries. Amen. Well, praise God. I'm getting out of here, though. I'm ready for the Lord to come. Amen. Are you ready for the Lord to come? Praise God. Well, let's stand and let's sing something tonight. God, we love you tonight. We praise you tonight. Let's worship the Lord, and then we'll go home. You unravel me with a melody, and you surround